good. What does it say? Yeah, I'll show everybody. God's love, you bet. So God's love, as you know, is something we all have and something we can all share with other people. Can you think of some ways that there are stories in the Bible about how Jesus shared God's love? Can you think of anything Jesus might have done to help other people? Absolutely. So I don't know if you heard him, but he was saying when Jesus put the mud on somebody's eyes and it made him see again. So that certainly, Jesus healed people, didn't he? Yeah, and he walked alongside people who were poor. Remember that? Yeah. So there are lots of different ways. Being friends, right, is a good way to um, that we know that <laughs> how Jesus loved other people. So can you think of some ways that maybe you guys share God's love with others? What? You pray for people? Absolutely. Yeah. How about when maybe you smile at somebody? A stranger? I know when you're kids, you're not supposed to be too friendly to strangers. But sometimes it's okay to smile at people we don't know, right? Yeah. How about um, helping somebody? Like maybe setting the table or helping clear the table after supper. Chores. Chores. You betcha. You bet. So my last question for you is, what does it feel like when you are loved? It feels good. Yeah. I think maybe it feels like when you sit in mom or dad's lap or grandma or grandpa's lap, when you snuggle in. Do you feel safe when you're loved? Yeah, I feel safe when I'm loved. I feel good, like just like you, yeah. And warm. Sometimes when I'm cold, then I, get, I feel warm when I feel loved too. Yeah. So on my sign here, God's love has four corners, right? One, two, three, four. And if I wanted to share one of these corners with you, I don't want it to fall on the floor, so then I have three corners left, right? Let's count. One, two, three, four, five. I thought I'd have three corners left if I gave one away. Well, and I gave you one corner, right? How, but wait, count it. How many corners are there on that? One, two, three. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't believe that. Let's try it again. Should we try it again? All right. I'm going to share some more of God's love, okay? So, here's, look at that. You have three corners instead of one. But I just gave you one corner, right? Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, my gosh. Look what happens when you share God's love, right? God's love multiplies when you start sharing it and giving it away. Now, if I kept going around, what would happen? It would, get, it would get smaller this way, but do you know what happens if you cut off all the corners? Yeah, it would multiply. And eventually, after you cut off all those corners, what would it be? Probably, from a distance, can you imagine? A circle. 
It turns into a circle when you start cutting off all those corners, right? So you have to remember that God's love is a circle. It includes everybody, and the more you give it away, the more there is. God's love never never ends. So um, here's what, I had to write this down so I didn't forget to tell you the important stuff because I get really distracted. But it says, remember that God always loves you no matter what and that the people in this church love you too and you can help share God's love wherever you go. So let us pray, okay? Hello, God. Help us to remember that you love us always. Help us to spread your love and to know that your love is big and never runs out. Help us to remember that your love gets bigger the more we give it away. Amen. And then I also just wanted to give you, since it is getting very close to Christmas Eve, and you have to be careful, but okay, so these are some stickers, and I'll... I'll give one to you. Did it? Oops, I'm sorry. And one to you. And I did it like this. So I, oh, and well, they don't stick very good, do they? I'll have to press them on a little more. Thank you. But I folded my paper like this, you see? And then you can put the stickers however you like them arranged on there. But I thought maybe that'd be something you'd like to do, and you could put it by your bed or on the table somewhere at home. Okay? All right, thanks for coming up. And now for the big kids. Okay. (laughs) Grace and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and as we prepare for Christmas Day, we ask ourselves, what can't wait? Today our theme is love. Love cannot wait. We need love today, tomorrow. It just can't wait. One day, many years ago, a couple approached their pastor after worship and asked to come and talk with her. When they arrived, they were obviously distressed and explained that they had been trying to conceive a child for some time. Finally, after working with specialists, harvesting his sperm and inseminating her, She was pregnant. They were elated until they got a phone call explaining that somehow the sperm that had fertilized the egg in her was not his, but another man's. Somehow the sperm had gotten switched, and so this baby was not his, but another man's. A tragic situation And his wife kept trying to convince her husband that it would be okay that they should have and love this baby anyway. But her husband was really struggling. He wasn't so sure. The doctor and clinic offered to assist them with whatever their choices would be, including actually aborting this baby and trying again. The husband did not want to upset his wife, who was finally pregnant. He did not want to abort an innocent, unborn child. And he wasn't happy. In fact, the strain of this whole situation was taking a toll on their relationship, and they were feeling quite stuck between a rock and a hard place. What were they to do? 
The pastor, never confronted with such a situation, thought about it. And then she explained to the husband that he now had the opportunity to walk in the footsteps of Joseph. Joseph must have felt the same way when he found out that Mary was pregnant. Joseph knew that he was not the father of the baby that Mary carried. And this husband was not the biological father of the baby that his wife carried. But God guided Joseph to be a good earthly father to Jesus. And the pastor said, you are not alone in the struggle. It's happened before, long ago. The husband was deeply moved, and he began to weep quietly. His wife put her arm around him, and after some time, he said, thank you, I understand now. You see, the husband was transformed. He was being called to be a father, just the way Joseph was called to be father to Jesus. You see, it's your relationship that makes you a father. God will guide you and give you the strength and courage that you need and that this child will need in its life. Brene Brown, an author, wrote an article called Ordinary Courage. The root of the word, this is a quote, and I'll tell you when it's over. (laughs) The root of the word courage is cor, C-O-R. It's Latin. It's the Latin word for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the word courage had a very different definition than it does today. Courage originally meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Over time, this definition has changed, and today, courage is more synonymous with being heroic. Heroics are important. We need heroes. But I think we've lost touch with the idea that speaking honestly and openly about who we are, about what we are feeling, and about our experiences is the definition of courage. Heroics is about putting our life on the line. Courage is about putting our vulnerability on the line. In today's world, that's pretty extraordinary. That's the end of the quote. Okay. When we consider our gospel reading today, both Mary and Joseph, I believe, showed extraordinary courage, extraordinary heart. Mary, only a child herself, was with child from the Holy Spirit. Joseph was a good man, a righteous man, but he made up his mind to cancel the engagement and marriage and to keep Mary and himself out of public disgrace. Just when Joseph thought he had made up his mind, an angel of the Lord appears to him and tells him to take Mary as his wife, that the child in her womb was the Son of God, conceived from the Holy Spirit. How does God call you to courage and love in your own life? What does this courage and love look like? God's love for us came when he gave his son Jesus to be the savior of the world. Emmanuel, God with us. In our gospel story today, Joseph took care of Mary, and when her baby was born, Joseph did as he was told and named the baby Jesus. Jesus is the Greek word for Joshua. And in Hebrew, Yeshua, Joshua, Yeshua, is the shortened version of Yehoshua, 
which is a form of the verb yasha, which, okay, too much information, I know. But anyway, it means to save or to deliver. Joshua, Moses' successor, actually led the people of God, God's chosen people, into the promised land, into Canaan. Now Jesus, the Savior of the world, is born to deliver all of us from oppression and to save us from sin and brokenness. I'm sure you have noticed by now there is a heart made of ice in the middle of our sanctuary. And that was the first time I've ever done this. So (laughs) anyway... um, As I was preparing for today, I thought about the Grinch and actually got to watch it on TV last night and his little heart that was two sizes too small. And I thought about the movie Frozen and the love between two sisters. I wondered, what is it that makes our hearts cold, frozen, hardened? One of the best reasons that I could think of for a cold heart is self-protection. When I've been hurt or afraid, Bullied by words or situations, I know I close myself off. I build a wall of protection from others who might hurt me again. I don't like this wall I create, but it helps me feel safe. Do you have any walls that you build around your heart? How have you been hurt in the past? When might you feel alone or isolated? I know that the holidays can be an especially difficult time for some people. In a season that promises joy and peace, it actually has the potential to exacerbate our loneliness, our pain, our grief. Perhaps it's the memories of those we love who can't be with us. Maybe a friend or family member who's died. A broken relationship, struggles with money, mental health concerns, What kind of hardship might be going on for you? Maybe you're simply longing for peace or hope or joy or love in your own life. We only have a few more days until we celebrate the birth of Christ. And as we hold on to these last days of Advent, I invite you to consider that God with us, Emmanuel, never really intended to take away our sorrow and brokenness. Rather, God with us pulls us in to the shared pain that is our human existence and that God with us will now know intimately. God comes to us to share in the pain that being human is all about. You see, God with us, Emmanuel, is really good news for us. God simply will not leave us alone. Emmanuel does not mean God with me or God with you, but God with us. That first person, plural pronoun, us, establishes how God in the flesh chooses to be in the world. Not for our individual gain or some private guarantee, but to remind us of who we are meant to be and supposed to be. People in community, people with God. People oriented to each other because of God. People who truly believe God is present when even just two of us are gathered. Jesus' birth, God coming to us on earth, is love. God with us is promise and presence, possibility and potential. God with us means we are not alone. We are never alone. We are never apart from God 
and we are never apart from each other. So I ask you, what is it that melts a frozen heart? We talked about what freezes a frozen heart, but what melts a frozen heart? What softens a hardened heart? This heart of ice is melting here and now, and it, it's only a block of frozen water in the shape of a heart. The good news is that God's love is so great, it can melt even the hardest of hearts, the coldest of hearts. God's love is big. God's love conquers fear. God's love conquers hatred. And God's love conquers hurt. It takes courage to open your heart to God and to others. And I invite you to come forward and to feel the water dripping down, allowing yourself to be vulnerable in the presence of this community of faith, and then quietly or aloud to say a prayer for someone who really needs God's love. I invite you to tell someone else if you need a prayer and to share that with another Christian here and now. Do not be afraid. This is how we care for ourselves, each other, and the world. What makes the church the church is the strength and power of God to transform us into people with ever greater faithfulness and more strength for service in the world. What makes the church the church is that the word of God is able to become flesh in the life and work of the people. Remember that God's love is big. God's love is courageous. God's love cannot wait. Jesus is coming. You cannot stop the labor pains. Love is coming. Love will be born. And the more you give God's love away, the bigger it becomes. I have asked Cindy to play some... Cindy, Barb. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't write it down. (laughs) I've asked Barb to play some music for us while we meditate a little bit about God's love in our lives and what it is that might uh, soften our hearts or who else in your life that you know might might need a prayer. And I'd invite you, if you're interested and want to, to come forward and um, touch the ice or to t- catch the drip that's coming off of the ice and to say a prayer for somebody who is special to you.